Welcome to the Lord's Army Podcast. This is episode one. Um, And because of it being episode one, I'm just going to start off with a little introduction to the podcast. Uh, These are common questions that may be asked about it. What is this podcast about? Uh, It is a podcast with the general topic of Christian living. Um, So we'll do... very different episodes. Um, I have a few interviews lined up. I'm going to talk about, um, today we're going to talk about Lent. Um, So I think fasting can be a very good part of your Christian living. Um, Why did I start this podcast? I started this podcast because it sounded like a fun idea and it still sounds like a fun idea. And so that's basically why. Uh, Who is going to be involved? So usually, I know this is just me today, but usually we're going to be having a guest on. Um, I don't want to tell you who those those guests are yet because I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, Micah, uh, Micah Nunley is going to be producing this. He is the uh, video projects manager and producer at Grace Bible Church um, in Winston-Salem. I'm sure that that title has just been announced by me. Uh, Where can you find this podcast? This podcast can be found on YouTube and on Spotify. Uh, If you have any uh, things like, hey, uh, I don't have YouTube, I don't have Spotify, which leads into the next segment, uh, all about you. You can email the Lord's Army Podcast at gmail.com. No caps, no symbols, just straight the Lord's Army Podcast at gmail.com. No spaces or anything. And with that, you can email topics you want to talk about, questions or suggestions about previous episodes. Uh, those are both things. And maybe just say hi. Just say, Hi, Daniel Rock. I really like your podcast, and maybe I'll shout out to you. Uh, also, if you feel like you have something to say and, you wanna, and you're in the local area and you want to um, be on the podcast, give me a little resume and I'll look into it. So get to know me. My name is Daniel Rock, as I've already told you. Uh, I play guitar for Grace Bible Church in Winston. I work for Hall Lawn Care, and this is a little plug. If you have lawn care you want done, uh, mowing season is coming right up starting in March. You can contact at hall underscore lawn care on Instagram, or you can text or call 336-500-4707. Also, I like to cook a lot, and that's about the most interesting. I like to read theology. That's all the interesting things you need to know about me. Um... Here's a little bit of odd news, and this news is not going to be recent. That's why I'm not doing, you know, special news or anything. Uh, a plane spends 16 hours in the air but ends up at the same New Zealand airport. Very interesting. The story behind that, um, so the plane left the airport, and then they were headed to Buffalo Airport in New York, but Buffalo Airport had a... Um, blackout so they had to turn around and they were eight hours on the way and they had to come eight hours back with a total of 16 hours 
and land at the same New Zealand airport. I'm very sorry to all those uh, New Zealanders who were not able to make it to New York or maybe New Yorkians who were in New Zealand but could not make it back home. I'm very sorry about that. A um, few fun facts. In 10 minutes, a hurricane releases more energy than all of the world's nuclear weapons combined. Also, honeybees flap their wings 230 times every second. Those are a few fun facts. Now, this is a big topic that I want to cover. Uh, this is not Lent. This is the Asbury University Revival. Uh, I'm sure some of you, if not most of you, have heard about it. Um, Asbury is a non-denominational Christian college in Wilmore, Kentucky. The revival started February 8th and recently ended. Um, this is kind of recent news, uh, but it will not be once this is getting out to you, I'm sure. Um, thousands of students were saved. Uh, celebrities, uh, celebrity Christians tried to come to Asbury and, you know, felt like they had something to say, but they were denied speech, uh, which is a very, probably a very good thing. Asbury University has had many revivals over the years. And I just wanted to cover a few of those. So they had one in the first one that Asbury has on their website. You can find all this information on asbury.edu. And if you just go to their revivals page. In February 1905, during a blizzard, a prayer meeting in a men's dormitory excuse me, spilled out to the rest of the campus and the town of Wilmore. So that's one of the revivals. In February 1908, uh, a lot of this happened in February's. Again, this one did as well. February 1908, revival broke out while someone prayed in chapel. The revival lasted two weeks and was signified by prevailing prayer in, in, and intercession. In February 1921, the last service of a planned revival lasted until 6 a.m. and services were extended for three days. Excuse me. In February 1950, a student testimony led to confessions, victories, and more testimonies. This went on uninterrupted for 118 hours and became the second leading news story nationwide. It is estimated that 50,000 people found a new experience in Christ as a result of this revival and witnessed teams that went out from it. This happened in 1950. In March 1958, this one was not in February, uh, there were two in March and the rest were in February. In March 1958, revival began in a student fasting prayer meeting that spilled over into chapel and lasted for 63 hours. That's uh, kind of funny that they had a fasting prayer meeting because that's what we're going to be talking about later today. Uh, February 3rd, 1970, Dean Custer B. Reynolds, scheduled to speak in chapel, felt led to invite persons to give personal testimony instead. Many on campus had been praying for spiritual renewal and were now in an expectant mood. Soon there was a large group waiting in line to speak. A spirit of powerful revival came upon the congregation. The chapel was filled with rejoicing people. Classes were canceled for a week during the 144 hours of unbroken revival. But even after classes resumed on February 10th, Hughes Auditorium was left open for prayer and testimony. These sessions were presided over by Reynolds Clarence Hunter and other faculty. 
Some 2,000 witness teams went out from Wilmore to churches in at least 130 college campuses around the nation. And there is a documentary on YouTube. Um, I believe it is called Deeper Still, the 1970 Revival. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, and it's a very, very good documentary. Documentary. It's short. It's like 30 minutes long. And that covers the February 3rd, 1970 revival. In March 1992, a student confession during the, cha the closing chapel of the annual Holiness Conference turned into 127 consecutive hours of prayer and praise. In February 2006, a student chapel led to four days of continuous worship, prayer, and praise. So they have had definitely a lot of revivals. This is not something new. Um, but there is, there was one happening earlier this year. Again, started February 8th and recently ended. Okay, moving on. This is, we're going to move on to the main topic of today, uh, Lent and fasting. So, a quick history of Lent. Lent started as early as the third generation of apostles. So, say, Paul, the apostle's grandson, great-grandson, would have been doing Lent. Pope Gregory I, he lived from, 9, from 590 to 604 AD, laid down regulations that made the Lent we celebrate, I say we, uh, that Catholics celebrate today. It is a pre-Easter fasting that was inspired by Jesus' 40-day fast in the wilderness. Um, if you don't know much about fasting, there is a, the start of fasting usually or always is on a Wednesday, and that Wednesday is considered Ash Wednesday. Um, they have Ash Wednesday services at Anglican churches, definitely Catholic churches, maybe even Methodist churches. Um, but I went to an Anglican Ash Wednesday service. I'm not typically Ang Anglican. But uh, it was very interesting experience. I'm glad that I was able to go. Um, definitely something I will remember for a long time. But they, the service was pretty normal, other than um, they did spread ashes. Well, they didn't spread ashes. They, the pope, not the pope, the priest uh, did spread ashes on your forehead. He had a little cup of ashes that he would, and he would do a cross on everybody's forehead. And they had communion afterwards. Uh, the communion was real wine watered down with holy water. Definitely interesting. So yeah, Ash Wednesday is just a time of basically the mourning of the church, mourning over your sin. Um, and he read at the service Psalm 103, I believe. Very, very good psalm. Uh, it talks about how God judges us from Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross. Not Jesus did on the cross, that wouldn't have been right. But he does not judge our iniquities is basically what uh, Psalm 103 is about. And very, very good psalm. Uh, the things I'm doing during Lent, uh, I'm only drinking water and water, uh, water-based drinks, uh, like sparkling water is what I have here. And I'm fasting every Wednesday, and I'm reading through Isaiah, a very powerful book. I've had a great experience so far. Uh, Lent started last Wednesday. It's been going on for eight days now. Uh, Lent 
last for 46 days. Um, the reason I said 40 days earlier is because Catholics typically don't do it on Sunday, which they consider, you know, the holy day. So they wouldn't, uh, Catholics fast every day of Lent. Uh, you may ask, how do you survive 40 days of fasting? They will eat the last meal in a day. So supper, they eat supper every day. Um, but the rest of the day they are fasting. That's what I do on Wednesdays. So Sunday though, they do not fast. Um, so this is kind of the main thing I wanted to talk about besides Lent is fasting. That's what Lent is and the purpose and benefits of fasting. So I'm going to read a few excerpts here. This first one is from When I Don't Desire God, How to Fight for Joy by John Piper. This is a very, very good book. I would definitely recommend it. Um, and this is just a little excerpt. Uh, this first thing I'm going to read is Matthew 9:15. Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. And then John Piper goes on, We live in the days when the bridegroom has been taken away, between the first and the second coming of Christ. The meaning of fasting in these days is that we long to have the bridegroom back. So in both these texts, the point of fasting is to express longing for Christ and all that God is for us in Him. And then this is an excerpt. Uh, he puts an excerpt in his own book. Uh, this is an excerpt from A Hunger for God, also by John Piper. Bread magnifies Christ in two ways, by being eaten with gratitude for His goodness and by being forfeited out of hunger for God Himself. When we eat, we taste the emblem of our heavenly food, the bread of life, and, we fast, and when we fast, we say, I love the reality above the em emblem. In the heart of the saint, both eating and fasting are worship. Both magnify Christ. Boast in the heart, grateful and yearning to the giver. Each has its appointed place, and each has its danger. The danger of eating is that we fall in love with the gift. The, da with the, gift. the danger of fasting is that we bel belittle the gift and glory in our willpower. My aim and my prayer is in writing this book is that it might awaken a hunger for the supremacy of God in all things for the joy of all peoples. Fasting proves the presence and fans the flame of that hunger. It is an intensifier of spiritual desire. It is a faithful enemy of a fatal bondage to innocent things. It is the physical exclamation point at the end of the sentence, This much, O God, I long for you and for the manifestation of your glory in the world. If you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Your soul is stuffed with small things, and there is no room for the great. God did not create you for this. There is an appetite for God, and it can be awakened. I invite you to turn from the dulling effects of food and the dangers of idolatry and to say with some simple fast, This much, O God, I want you. Uh, and again, that is an excerpt by John Piper, one from When I Don't Desire God, and two from A Hunger for God, both by John Piper. Um, I would like to point out that he says one of the dangers of fasting is to glory in your own willpower. That is a very dangerous thing. You can easily, um, first off, you will fail, uh, and second off, you can easily be very prideful in doing that. I mean, that's what that is, is pride. Um, you're trying to stand on your own two feet is very dangerous and you will fail.
And you don't want to bring that into fasting. Again, like he said, fasting is to say this, God, this much, oh God, I long for you and I want you. Um, this is an excerpt from um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And I'm just going to read a few little paragraphs from here. If at any point desire is no longer under our control and is instead driving our lives, we're in trouble. Because when you take a closer look at the dynamics of desire, you realize desire is one of those things that is never, ever satisfied. Um, desire in things under the sun is never satisfied. Desire in God is satisfied. And then... The reality that the reality is that desire is in, infinite. It has no limit. Limit. No point at which it has no point at which it's ever satisfied. The problem is we are finite. We have all sorts of limits. Remember. So the result is restlessness. Or in the language of math, infinite desire minus finite soul equals restlessness. We live with chronically unsatisfied desires, like an itch that no matter how many times you scratch doesn't go away. No matter how much we see, do, buy, sell, eat, drink, experience, visit, etc., we always want more. The question for us as apprentices of Jesus, or really as humans, is simple. What do we do with all this pent-up unsatisfied desire, this restlessness? The Jesus tradition would offer this. Human desire is infinite because we were made to live with God forever in His world, and nothing less will ever satisfy us. So our only hope is to put desire back in its proper place on God, and to put all our other desires in their proper place below God. Not to detach from all desire, as in Stoicism or Buddhism, but to come to the place where we no longer need blank to live a happy, restful life. And that is again an excerpt from... The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Homer. I've read both these books, and they are both very good books. Now, let's cover why people don't like Lent. Um, I've heard mostly that it's Catholic. Uh, that is the main argument. I don't want to be doing anything Roman Catholic. You know, Roman Catholics do some very—they do. They do some pretty messed up stuff. Um, so just kind of that whole it's Catholic thing, I can understand that. I can, I can understand why that makes you uncomfortable. My thing is I don't think you should not do Lent because of someone else's convictions. I think you should not do Lent because of your own convictions. If you have a conviction in your heart saying this is Catholic, uh, this is not Scripture-based, I think it's wrong. Uh, what I would argue is that Lent is simply a label. Lent is fasting, and fasting is very clearly commanded in the Bible. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the spiritual disciplines. Okay, the spiritual disciplines are, and these the spiritual disciplines are things that Jesus did, and because the Bible commands us to be Christ-like, we believe that we should do them. Uh, there are four spiritual disciplines, silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, and slowing. Um, Sabbath, you may be like, oh, Sabbath, that's kind of some Old Testament thing. Simply, that is fasting. That's what he means by that. Sabbath is fasting. Or that's what he considers it. 
Um, that is a whole other thing that I'm not going to get into today. So, if fasting isn't wrong because it's commanded in the Bible, then what makes Lent wrong? Again, Lent is just a label. Now, I do want to play devil's advocate here for a little bit. Um, so, there are articles that I have read against Lent. One of them is saying, actually, I don't need to pull this up, uh, that Jesus didn't fast because Jesus didn't fast because he longed for God. Um, Jesus fasted to redeem Israel. Uh, I don't know how true that statement is. I don't know how spiritual based it is. It makes sense for sure, um, but there can be a lot of things that make sense and aren't spiritual based. That's a very dangerous thing to just go off something because it makes sense. A lot of times Christianity doesn't make sense. Um, so let's say that is true and that we shouldn't do Lent because Jesus was fasting to redeem Israel and obviously we can't redeem Israel. We have no power to do that. Um, the only reason I would be against that statement is because that claims that fasting is wrong. Sort of, because that's what Jesus was doing is fasting. And I don't believe whatsoever that fasting is wrong. I think that is very unspiritual based. And that the reason why that would shoot down the idea is because again, fat Lent uh, was inspired by Jesus's 40 day fast in the wilderness. Um, there are people claiming that Jesus fasted in order to, uh, as kind of like a start to his ministry. Um, and that's a pretty, again, that makes sense. Um, I think though, and Jesus has uh, given this kind of picture in the Bible already um, that he, that Jesus very could have been longing for the Father. Uh, he does that many times in the Bible prayer. I mean, it, throughout all his prayers, there is a sense of longing. And when you are fully man, there there's always going to be a sense of longing. Jesus was a very sorrowful person because of um, him being fully man. So, yes, I think that it very well could have been a longing for God, and that is what we fast for. Um, and again, if you have any questions about this, any, like, I don't know, that seems kind of off to me that that uh that doctrine doesn't really seem right to me um email us again at the lord's army podcast at gmail.com lint is typically 46 days um but again you, we are all mere humans that you do not have to do um lint for 46 days you know some people you know shoot New Year's re resolutions don't usually last 46 days, right? Um, so fast, and fasting doesn't have to be limited to Lent. Fast when, whenever you feel um, like you need to fast, whenever you're feeling um, like one thing in your life is becoming an idol to you, give it up. Fasting is not just about food. You know, if you're on social media 30 hours a day, that's impossible. 
excuse me, if you're on social media 10 hours a day, then maybe you should delete some social media off your phone for a few days and get, get in scripture. Um, if you are ever out of scripture for a long period of time, you're very easily going to um, sin and um, just kind of fall. Um, I have to be careful here. You can very easily forget um, your sinfulness and forget what is sin, really, because um, the devil can very easily pray chicks on you saying, well, you know, the Bible isn't really straightforward about this one, you know. I think you're good here. I think you're, eh, yeah, they didn't have social media back then, you know, you're good. But they did have idols back then. They, uh, idols aren't just carving images. Idols can be anything from food to cars. If you're buying a lot of cars, that's a very rich man's idol, but it can be. Um, so if you ever feel like something is an idol or if you're feeling like, man, I just really feel like I've been away from God recently. I've been separated from God recently. Fast, fast from whatever you think might be causing that. Um, that is the entire purpose of fasting. This much, O oh Lord, I long for you. That's what we just read earlier from John Piper. Um, fasting is about dismissing desire. From John Mark Comer, that's what we read. So, yeah, uh, fast when, fasting does not have to be a pre-Easter 40-day fast. It can be a three-day fast, a week fast. Shoot, it can be 80 days. Just if you feel convicted to f convicted about something that maybe you should give it up, then give it up um, and pray. Pray a lot. Stay in Scripture and pray a lot. There is not really anything I would say uh, special or different about Lent from fasting. Maybe the Catholics have something that they do that I'm not aware of. Um, I know that Lent is very, supposed to be a very sorrowful and uh, time of mourning. Uh, and I don't think that fasting always has to be that. Um, but again, as John Piper said, this is not about, this is not to the glory of your willpower. This is to the glory of God. Put that on a t-shirt. That is a very good statement by John Piper. I really like John Piper a lot. So in, uh, in summarization of episode one, we have covered um, we, did, we had a little fun time at the beginning with the fun facts and the odd news. Um, we did a little introduction to the Lord's Army podcast. Um, we, did, we talked about the email, which again, that is the Lord's Army podcast at gmail.com. And uh, in following episodes, I want to do a review segment, and that will be only happening if you email that email uh, Topics you want to be talk you want to talk about, um, or you want me to talk about questions or suggestions about previous episodes, and send me a resume if you feel like you have a topic to talk about yourself, um, and I can interview you. Um, we talked about the Asbury University revival. It uh, started February eighth and recently ended. Thousands were saved in this revival, which very thankful for. Um, God has been very merciful during that 
Um, and again, there is a documentary called Deeper Still, the 1970 revival at Asbury University. It's a video on YouTube, um, and I would very much recommend watching that. It's very short, 30 minutes long, just about as long as this podcast episode is going to be. And then finally, we covered Lent and fasting. Um, and again, I'm very much for Lent. Um, mainly for fasting. I don't think that it should be limited to Lent. Um, and we quoted from John Mark Comer, the, Ru- the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. That's a very good book. And quoted from When I Don't Desire God by John Piper and The Hunger for God by John Piper. I have not read The Hunger for God by John Piper. Um, that All I've read is that excerpt that he mentions in When I Don't Desire God. Um, but When I Don't Desire God is a very good book. I would very much recommend it. And uh, again, if fasting isn't wrong, then what makes Lent wrong? If you take anything away from that, from the Lent and fasting thing, take that away. Also take away fasting. Uh, If you haven't been practicing fasting, maybe you should do so. Um, But don't don't take this from me. If you have a if you have a self-conviction on your heart, then don't do it just because I said so. I'm nothing to you. Uh, that's going to wrap up today's episode. This is the Lord's Army Podcast. This was episode one. Uh, I'll see you in the next one.